Hi everybody, I'm Jason Mangum. And I'm Mark Anderson. And this is another segment of World Impact News. Today we've simply titled this segment, COVID-19, Free States and Slave States. And Mark, that's certainly what we've seen. We've seen certain draconian type behavior from different political officials, some of these different governors taking on almost Gestapo-like measures. And then the other thing is, I mean, really we call this free states and slave states, but the reality is even some of these counties and cities, you don't even know what you can do when you cross the city limit. They have a whole different set of rules, but we can certainly see it at a high level, which really that's where we should focus our attention is on the states because we have certain state rights. Yeah, President Trump has, and I think admirably, um, decided and laid out a policy that while the federal government provides certain directives according to its constitutional prerogatives, he's allowed each state to kind of decide the tone and tenor of opening back up under COVID-19. Some states, very draconian, almost dictatorial, in fact they are Michigan, California, and New York especially, are what you would call slave states, and I think that's fair. And then we, we have other states, I'll name in a minute, that have been relatively free all along, or were kind of medium in strictness and are now freeing up quite a bit, and that would include Texas, where we're filming today, May 7th, 2020. And so you have this variety. You have that because the federal government under our system is not supposed to be totally domineering. Under a federalist system, the states are allowed a certain amount of leeway. The Tenth Amendment speaks to that in the Bill of Rights. <clears throat> but some states have definitely been very strict protesters in New York, California, and Michigan would say overstrict, and those protesters have been numbering in the thousands in recent days. But even in free states or relatively free ones like Texas, Jason, the big problem is localities gone wild, cities gone wild, counties gone wild. Now they might say gone wild is unfair, but we are learning just now that the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, has had to go a little medieval on him. He's had to kind of put his foot down because they've been arresting um, store owners and um, salon owners and things like that. But uh, just just to before you address that, let's kind of name the honor roll here. The states that have been pretty much free all along and have had relatively minor experiences with the reported infections of COVID-19 are... South Dakota, Nebraska, Wyoming, Arkansas, South Carolina, to some extent Georgia, and Oklahoma. Those are the main ones, not by any means the only ones, but the main ones that have kept a fairly free society and voluntary compliance with guidelines all along. South Dakota has kind of led the way where Christy Nome, the governor, used to be a congresswoman, now she's a governor, and she has all along said that she would trust the state's 880,000 citizens in that state. She would trust them to to go along with any suggested state guidelines and use common sense, precautionary, and preventative measures to the extent that they're concerned about COVID-19. We won't get into the different theories for the purposes of this video too much on the different competing theories on the transmittability of COVID-19. Is it really so contagious? Are perfectly healthy people who are asymptomatic, who don't show symptoms, are they really 
uh, you know, posing a threat to others by unwittingly passing on the virus. These are uh, questions for another video, except to say that there are lots of opinions on that, and most of them are being suppressed, and all we hear is the same old one-sided media narrative, the, the same one-sided government narrative, and those things go hand in hand, that yes, um, people who are not sick are vectors and unwitting carriers, and no other opinions need, need even be discussed. So we know there's a lot of control of the narrative going on, but suffice to say, with these localities, in many cases, arguably overstepping their bounds in accordance with the state laws that they operate in, these localities, even in relatively free states like Texas, like I said, can be said to be going a little overboard, and in many cases, a lot overboard. And you might want to speak to this, Jason, what Greg Abbott, the Texas governor, just got done ruling concerning some salon owners and having to go retroactive, go back in time, that is, and put his foot down a little bit on superseding local government, local control. As we can see here in the state of Texas, in Dallas, there was a judge who arrested a salon owner who was opening up her salon as well as for other individuals that work in her salon. She's arrested, put in prison, seven days, thousands of dollars of fines, and very draconian. And, and I have to say this too, is the judge did something, I believe, very unprecedented, wanting her to apologize to him and as long as she would apologize to him for this behavior that was really, in his opinion, rebellion against his court and by how dare you open up to feed your children. And so she pleaded the case of, well, I, I have children to feed. And so the good news is, though, the governor, as well as uh, Governor Greg Abbott and our attorney general of Texas, Ken Paxton, have stepped in and actually have done something about it, which is now to assign, uh, assign an executive order that no one can be arrested for violating an ordinance in this nature regarding the COVID, um, especially when you see the prisons are actually being emptied out with criminals because of the scare of COVID. Uh, but obviously you could see it just made place for people who are business owners, good citizens, have no criminal record, and then you have these draconian judges that would try to exert their authority and misappropriate it and take a mother of these children away out of the home to feed and protect even further. And so, uh, but thank God now Governor Abbott has signed this executive order retroactive going back to April the 2nd. And great news, a Supreme Court has just issued the finding and that she can be released and actually released her out of the Texas jail that yeah, she was in. and her name is Shelley Luther. Governor Abbott's executive order, it says Governor Abbott modifies COVID-19 executive orders to eliminate confinement as a punishment. And of course, we can't forget, Jason, here's what Governor Abbott said. Throwing Texans in jail who have had their businesses shut down through no fault of their own is nonsensical, and I will not allow it to happen. Yeah, This is very refreshing as Texas joins the free states, you might say. That is why I am modifying my executive orders to ensure confinement is not a punishment for violating an order. 
This order is retroactive, as noted, to April 2nd. Supersedes local orders. Get that, city of Donna. Get that, Hidalgo County. Listen very closely, local officials. And if correctly applied, should free Shelley Luther. And here's the here's the additional part. Two other people from Laredo. It may also ensure that other Texans like Ana Isabel Castro Garcia and Brenda Stephanie Mata, who were arrested in Laredo, should not be subjected to confinement. As some county judges advocate for releasing hardened criminals from jail to prevent the spread of COVID-19, Governor Abbott concluded, it is absurd to have these business owners take their place. Boom. Wow. So this is very admirable of Governor Abbott, who's been given regular updates on television in Texas, to put his foot down against these local officials. And the counties, including our home county of Hidalgo County, supervised over by uh, Richard Cortez, Judge Cortez, and also in neighboring Cameron County, um, uh, the the leadership over there, and, and the city of Donna. Um, I've had really no luck, Jason. I've made very little progress, no matter how many phone calls I make, to, to talk to the city of Donna within Hidalgo County or calling Hidalgo County offices trying to reach a spokesman for Judge Cortez or the Monitor newspaper or to some extent even the state government, but I understand they get a lot of calls up there. But at least we can see from the executive order that they're going the right direction. But when you get into the municipal and county level, Cameron County, Hidalgo County, City of Donna, other cities, the McAllen newspaper, the Monitor, as I mentioned, it is almost impossible to get a phone call through to anyone, much less get a return call. Letters to the editor at the Monitor trying to get alternative COVID-19 data and tell additional information that the newspapers aren't reporting. Those letters largely, if not totally, ignored. My, my petitions have been repeatedly ignored by the Monitor. So the local media and the local officials are in my opinion, acting in a near state, if not in a state of defiance against their home states. At the very least, if defiance is too strong a word, at the very least, it's chaotic and confusing. And as this illustrates in Shelley Luther's case, even though it's a very dramatic illustration, as her case does illustrate, locals are overstepping their bounds. And if we're hearing about it a little bit in Luther's case and a little bit in, in our Hidalgo County local area, imagine all the cases we're not hearing about where local governments are taking this thing into their own hands and acting like they're the top of the food chain politically. And they are not. All states and local, all localities, municipalities, villages, townships, cities, depending on what state you live in, uh, not all states have townships, but all local units are creatures of the state. You have to answer to state law A to Z. You have very little autonomy. And I want local officials out there to get that straight because that is not speculation. To the extent they have local autonomy, all of it is coded one way or another related in one aspect or another to state authority. They are creatures of the state, period. Right. They are not islands yeah. unto themselves. Yeah, and that's the thing is, we have to understand the laws of the state are made through legislation. Right. And so these things that are happening with these different local officials, uh, that is not law. 
No, it is not going through legislation, and so they're enforcing these things upon they're, people. These are just edicts. Yeah, and so it's it's very it's not nonsensical, uh, and you have to realize too. I mean, and if you ask the question, are we living in a police state? Well, to a, yeah, to a certain extent, you are. There is this area that I mean, you look at the law; it's black and white, but yet there's this gray area that you that people fall into, and you can see these these people that are are turning in now. Um, their competitors because they choose not to stay open yet I guarantee you how uh, even like Shelley Luther and others that are being arrested it's because somebody reported them by the way you can report your neighbor it's 1-800-I'm-A-Nazi you can call that number and report them but <laughs> you know what I mean to bring a little humor here to the segment today, yeah a little levity but, sure but the reality is we have to understand even the police the police's job is not to force anybody to do anything. The police's job is to bring peace. They are peace officers. But you can see it goes, and we love and support our police officers. Not one, that's not, I'm not trying to say that we are against our, we uh, law enforcement in any, in any realm. We're just, we're just looking at the policymakers. We're just looking at what's right. happening and what people, are, what things are being enforced. Um, but even when you come to our county judge, Richard Cortez, who actually, when Governor Abbott was going to release kind of things back to normal and start opening the state back up, the first words out of Richard Cortez's mouth are that he is going to consider the governor's order. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Cortez is among those that just doesn't seem to understand what civics is about, does yeah. he? Yes. And that's, where, that's, that's what we're pointing out today, is there's free states, there are slave states, and you know, and I, let me just say this before I, before I forget. You could look at the trend, and the data is: was there any more deaths or any more COVID-related uh, concerns or issues in the free states? And you will find they're not. As a matter of fact, they they actually had numbers that were lower. So, well, this is why they are the free states, and they were largely all along. Georgia kind of did a sharper turn. They were a little stricter, kind of like Texas, and then they kind of came around. Yeah. But yes, never never at any time along the COVID history did they have that much of a problem to, to begin with, and they were able to rely more on a voluntary program, which calls into question the whole idea as to whether lockdowns and um, distancing, especially lockdowns, are in the net a positive thing or, or not. And I'll admit it's debatable in a number of respects, but I know you'll go into this in a minute about what you've learned from local police yes. and law enforcement agencies about the major downside of these lockdowns. Yeah. If you think, ladies and gentlemen, that this is all just very simplistic, lockdown, avoid the virus, get together, you know, wait it out and everything will be fine and there's no real serious consequences, think again. There are very serious social and physical and spiritual and monetary consequences to this. Very much so. Many of which you're not hearing about. Just yesterday, Hidalgo County had 341 COVID-19 cases and six deaths. That's 57 times more cases than deaths, and they hadn't posted any recovery data yet. And um, so six alleged COVID-19 deaths. And we've went over that in other videos where, according to the McAllen Monitor Daily Newspaper, getting its data directly from the county without questioning it, without researching it, just regurgitating it, they really cannot definitively say 
that even those six deaths are certifiably caused by the coronavirus. Because in virtually every instance I've read about in the monitor itself, the victims that reportedly died from COVID-19 had other serious underlying conditions and typically were elderly. So 341 cases presupposes that all the tests are accurate. And that's sufficient data for now for this particular broadcast on free states and slave states. But these are the questions to keep in mind. With those kind of numbers in Hidalgo County and 16,000 plus have recovered in Texas wide, out of 32,000 and some change confirmed cases, over half of those have recovered. And the Texas-wide deaths May 6, 2020 were reportedly 884 in the entire state. Again, assuming those deaths are certifiably from COVID-19. Does that justify what I saw in Donna? And let's show this on the screen now, where you go to the Circle K at Valverde Road and you see this sign, no mask, no service. And that's that, as it indicates, that's a city ordinance. According to these photos I'm showing here, the city of Donna is telling Circle K that not only do people have to wear a mask, but you don't, you can't even serve them if they're not wearing a mask. You, therefore, you are denying food, water, and gasoline, essential things at what you say are essential services, such as convenience stores and gasoline, gas stations. Excuse me. You are denying those essential uh, commodities to anybody in the population based on their behavior. That is very, very communistic style policy making to say, if you don't do this, you don't eat. If you don't do this, you don't, you don't buy gas. If you don't put that mask on, you can't buy water. Well, what if the, uh, the grocery store's lines are too long and the, and the convenience stores, which have lots of food these days, they're like mini groceries, what if that's the place the mother needs to go get her food and she doesn't have a mask and, you know, I mean, she's in a hurry. I mean, people get in different circumstances. They're rushing around trying to figure out how to make a living. So suffice to say that these kind of things you're seeing, for example, in Donna in Hidalgo County, you know, where, where someone, whether they wear a mask or not, dis- decides whether they buy gas, food, or water is inherently unfair and very draconian. And I believe we're going to find that that kind of s- splitting hairs is probably contrary to state law, and certainly it's something that we're going to personally bring to the attention of the Texas governor. So to kind of lay that out here, think about it. I mean, you know, there's a time prophetically that's already you could read in the book of Revelation, just to bring a spiritual side to this, Mark, is that you could see that there's a time coming where you will not be able to buy or sell without a mark. How much of a test case would you say this is when you can't buy and sell without a mask? So the mask being like a mark, being a like a mark, yes. in a sense, yeah, yeah. So from that perspective, just, right? Just, just saying, just food for thought to look at these things because how free are you if you cannot go into a store if you're not wearing a mask and you're forced to? How free are you if you're that store and you cannot service anybody? You cannot sell any products if that if that person or you're not making or forcing someone to wear a mask to come in or to do something. We're just using that as an example. So how free are you? And that's the thing that we're putting out for everybody and starting this debate is how really free are you? Because, you know, when you're forced to do things that you got to realize masks are very dangerous for people with COPD or other things that would be something bronchitis, asthma, masks could be deadly to those people. As you noted off the screen, 
realizing that store owners in Massachusetts cannot necessarily make someone wear a mask in order to shop, and they cannot inquire under the um, Americans with Disabilities Act anyway, lest that business be fined $75,000. Not everyone can wear a mask, therefore it's not really inherently fair for a store to require someone to wear one in order to purchase. Yeah, you could be like American Airlines and now uh, starting May 11th are going to require every single person that flies on American Airlines to mandatory, you have to wear a mask or you can't do, you can't fly, you can't do business with them. So, I mean, they should just change their name, in my opinion, to Communist Airlines because there's nothing American about that. Remember, we are free. The last I checked, Mark, we live in the United States of America, which is a free nation but you can see these Draconian uh, different uh, of political officials, people that are in authority, that are taking those freedoms away. So, and that's what we're that's what we're we're bringing to you that are watching and listening today. Because, you know, the thing about it is that you have to ask yourself, how free am I? If I'm forced to do something, and we're going to put some information out there. Matter of fact, we'll put it up on the screen now. You can see this. It's a simple thing of you can use this to indicate that you have a medical condition uh, or that maybe a medical maybe a medical condition that wearing a mask poses a health risk to you and so we'll just show that as well for the for the viewers today as well because it's important that they know their rights and you could see where free state free city free county and then you see the slave states, you know, I know, matter of fact, people that right now are being applied pressure to them uh, and being singled out because they're, they're not following the regulations that the city wants to impose, not the state, but that the city wants to oppose certain regulations and because they're questioning those because they go against the governor's executive order, Mm-hmm. But the but the city wants to impose their own rules that are contrary. Now they're beginning to single the person out, and they're 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 now telling them they have problems with this and problems with that, and they need this permit for this and this permit for that. And so that's the problem. Is you could see it's out of control, and mm-hmm. these uh, not just elected officials, but a lot of it is coming from people. Yes, the governors are elected, but you're seeing a lot of people not are not elected that are calling the shots. Your appointees. Your appointees. And so, how free are we, America? I mean, it's time to wake up when we're just pointing out the facts for you today. Yeah, and um, I think it's worth at this juncture, uh, Jason, as we summarize this video for today, COVID-19, free states and slave states, that you have talked to some local police in Hidalgo County, and you also experienced a nearby accident of a drunk driver, and you've heard some uh, prisoner statistics. Go ahead, and and a 12-year-old boy who hung himself. Now, that might not have been locally, but let's start with the what the area PD told you about drunk driving and whatnot. What did you hear directly from the police in terms of the downside that we rarely hear about these shut-ins and uh, making people stay at home. What What's that you heard? Exactly. And so what is not being said by the media or anyone else is, just as Mark indicated, is the downside. What's the fallout from all of these, these different uh, self-quarantine and isolation and these different 
executive orders and whatnot that's happening, and I'm talking even from the from the city level, is we're seeing, uh, according to the police, that we are seeing a rise, and I mean it's considerable in drunk driving. And we'll so, show a picture of that right now as we talk about this. This is local, and this is a World Impact News photo that you see from one of these drunk driving incidents. So you're seeing people now that are actually turning to substance abuse because of the different issues that are coming because of the isolation and the fallout from that. So the rise of drunk driving, and look at look at the devastation that it's done. Look at, I mean, a two-by-six through the engine. I mean, it was stopped at the firewall. Thank goodness. The, the actual individual tried to flee the scene. But in, in that particular situation, I was able to talk to numerous law enforcement and the police officers, and they said, yes. It, I mean, this is, there's, this is happening like they've never seen before. So the cases of drunk driving, there was a case just, I think, the day before that where a drunk driver hit a woman with her three children and killed them all. The drunk driver survived. And they said, because of COVID, they said since COVID, they're, they're seeing more cases of drunk driving than ever before. The other thing that they're seeing is domestic violence has increased. And, and one of the officers even said, what's happening is these even the kids or say a wife is having to stay home, is forced to stay home because her retail business that she worked for is shut down and she's getting beat up. So even the kids where they were able to play on playgrounds and stay away from the home environment that was maybe an abusive, abusive relative, an abusive parent, now they're forced into those homes, forced into the situations where the playgrounds that now are closed because of COVID, now they're being abused at home. And so domestic violence... I mean, obviously, what do you have? You have a recipe when businesses are closed, people are being laid off, you have substance abuse, relapses, and people are now being affected by that in such a terrible way. We understand people are precious. We, we, you know, people are precious. And so, but you're seeing the fallout because of these different draconian and, and different orders and, and decrees and mandates and Declarations that these cities and counties are making. The other thing that you're seeing is that you don't hear about is crime is on the rise. Robberies and everybody's whatnot, now right. wearing a mask. The police officer says, "Oh yeah, everybody's wearing a mask." The next thing you know, at a convenience store, a gun comes out at a gas station, after robbing all, somebody. After all, it doesn't look out of place for someone to come out with a mask in, right? Mask on. Whereas a year ago, it would have looked very out of place, very conspicuous to, to walk in yeah. a store in 90 degree weather, especially with a mask on. Yeah. The, the store owner or the clerk would go, whoa, you know, what's this about? But now everybody's, and he says everybody's wearing them, and right. so you don't know. So people are being robbed at the at gas stations, at different uh, businesses that are uh, essential, but you have to wear a mask. You know, or you can't do business. And so at the gas pump, home invasions. So robberies even into homes have increased. So you can see the fallout of what's happening. And as Mark was mentioning, I mean, I watched a video just today of a, of a, a gentleman who was mourning his 12-year-old son. And he said, if my son was in school, he says, I don't believe he would have died because he was so socially isolated because of the COVID regulations that he ended up committing suicide and hung himself. And his eight-year-old sister found him hanging in the closet and went to go tell the dad. 
This is the fallout, people. So we take this serious. So, I mean, you know, these actions, and that's the thing is I would question is the judge that's in Dallas, these different county officials, what are they being held accountable for? In my experience, and I've made repeated calls, I am not getting any correspondence calling as a citizen whatsoever to explain all the contradictory rules and the way the locals are second-guessing the state, which is why World Impact News is going to bring a lot of the South Texas information to Governor Abbott and put it right on his desk. Yeah. And you're saying, guys, you just kind of like, no. I mean, I just talked to a neighbor just days ago. Three weeks, three weeks ago, he was hit by a drunk driver, and he rolled in his Jeep, and he was able to survive. The drunk driver took off, hit and run. So thank goodness they were able to catch him, though. But you see, so it's an ongoing, as you you actually go into the community and talk to people, you'll find out that there is, it's, it's almost as if the coronavirus is not an issue because nobody knows. Everyone I talk to, they don't know anybody with the coronavirus, nobody with COVID, nobody with symptoms, nobody is sick, but they know somebody who is being affected. They know somebody who either committed suicide or has lost their job, and now they're in divorce, and now their financial system, uh, financial situation is hopeless, and now they have family members that are hurting or in pain or killed in themselves. Or, I mean, but they do know somebody who's uh, who's been in an accident because of drunk driving. They know somebody who has turned back to drugs. Isn't you that, see, that isn't that that's funny? Amazing. That's the irony. They can't really pinpoint anyone adversely affected, if if, if affected at all, by COVID, but they can find someone with one of these other social ills from the lockdowns related to the government response to COVID. Exactly. So this is very illustrative, ladies and gentlemen. For the record, here's my posting on the World Impact News website, worldimpactnews.net. This is about free states and slave states. Please read this article. And it's important, I think, Jason, that we point out as we wind up today that when we say free states and slave states, we don't say the word free in the sense of being... um, indifferent to COVID-19 or careless or cavalier. We mean that, as we've said on other broadcasts of World Impact News, that freedom and good health go hand in hand. They are not opposites because without freedom, you cannot get enough alternative information views out into the public and disseminated. Without real freedom, in some countries, you're not even allowed to research, let alone publish alternative views. In America, we need the freedom to have dissent, be allowed to disagree without punishment, be allowed to publish information that might be contrary to the medical authorities without, without repercussions, to be free to speak, to be free to share information so the public can read alternative viewpoints and decide for themselves rather than being dictated to. And like in South Dakota, one of the leading free states, to be given the freedom or allowed to simply use their own common sense and their their own judgment. Yes, the governor has a few guidelines, but to exercise free will and their own judgment and do both what's best for their families and as individuals. Freedom goes with health care, not against health care. As many local officials and myopic newspapers would try and tell you the opposite. So that's very important. Free states are showing a higher success rate than the slave states like Michigan, California, and New York. That's that's simply the facts. And so freedom and health care go hand in hand. They are not opposites. And that's why we press forward with the 
the narrative that we need the the free the freedom to speak, the freedom to share contrary information, the freedom to have dissenting opinions, and the freedom for everyone to be heard. But local officials and local newspapers are doing their best to prevent dissident voices from being heard, and they're doing their best to close the argument and keep it narrowly confined to one narrative like they've been pumping all along. And so that's one of the purposes for World Impact News to even exist, is to give you other narratives and other viewpoints that you simply won't hear from other media and from most government officials most of the time, with the free state leaders being something of of an exception. And of course, President Trump showing pretty good leadership across the board. I think it's an important thing to keep in mind that as we open up America back again, the free states are showing some real leadership. Yeah. And my closing statements would be this, too, just to point out one fact. I talked to a uh, deputy sheriff, and they said by March they had released, I think it was over 450 criminals. These were inmates at the county jail that over 450 inmates were released to make room. Make room for who? So who's here really free? You know, and that's the thing is, is now so that COVID, uh, people that would go against the COVID ordinances could be arrested? Well, we're seeing it. And that's what we were bringing to you today. So that's my, that's really my, my closing statement is, wake up America, do the research. Look, we're bringing it to you today and we're going to bring more. We're going to expose things with ID2020 and the, and the agenda behind that. We're going to expose things with all of these, even from Anthony Fauci, who's given money to the Wuhan uh, Institute, that, uh, that lab over there, going against Obama. He actually went against Obama and he gave the money anyway. So you can see there's an agenda here. And so we're going to bring more to expose things, not just on a local level, not just on a specific state level, but on a national and a world level. And that's what we're about. So because we want to see this impact people's life and influence people to get and take an initiative to get involved. The exact opposite of YouTube and the big box social media that that want to shut down all dissenting voices, much in the same way that local newspapers like the Monitor want to do. Exactly. I'm watching. I was watching a video as I was talking before we went on. I'm watching a video on YouTube. And while I'm watching the video, it goes down. It was taken down. It had over twenty thousand views, but it's talking about exposing Dr. Fauci and some of these others in the NIH, the CDC, and in these different realms that are working against you, the citizens of the United States of America, and they're working very hard against President Trump. So. And we're going to bring more of that to uh, that we expose. We expose the lies. We expose those things that are hidden in darkness. And so, and bring you the truth and the facts so that you can get involved. And we don't want any single person to be a slave of anything. We want you to be free. So that's why we take this segment very important. So Yeah, and World Impact News brings out all these different views so you can choose, so you can find your own line of inquiry. You don't have to believe us, but we give you other information to take into account. Unlike most other social media and big media, newspaper, whatever medium it might be. So there we go. So thank you for watching. Make sure you go to our website, worldimpactnews.net. Also, you can visit us on YouTube and on Facebook at World Impact News. So share this. Listen to the podcast. They're available on your podcast platform. We're distributed throughout different platforms. So Uh, Thanks again for watching. I'm Jason Mangum. And I'm Mark Anderson. We'll see you next time. God bless. 